0: Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. As you do, the ushers is going to come forward and collect the offering. Let's give out of how God has given to us. And if you're a guest that's here this morning and you're thinking, "I got to frantically fill out that connection card and turn it in," do not do that. You're fine. We got time. You can just turn it out, turn it in at the info table on your way out. There's time to do that. Uh, so, just for the offering for those who come out and view Sunnyside. side. They're home. All right. So. Um, Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Greg. I'm not Pastor Ken. Pastor Ken is the one usually giving us the message. He's our campus pastor here. I'm the, I get to be the associate pastor at Mount View Sunnyside. And as we have just learned, Pastor Ken is over in Germany connecting with pastors that we are connected, uh, partnered with there and blessing them in awesome ways. And we're excited to see him do that. And uh, in the meantime, I get to be here and have the privilege of preaching the word. I'm excited to do, to do so. Um, so last week... Um, we. Pastor Ken continued in our Join the Story series going through the book of Luke in the Bible. Join the Story was just a fancy sermon title that we chose that just talks about putting ourselves in the story, ourselves joining the story, the stories of Jesus, and seeing what God has for us through those stories. Um, So it's called Join the Story, and last week Pastor Ken talked about in the Prodigal Son story about how God's love for us was so strong that no matter how far we have felt from God in our sin, God still comes and rescues us and draws us back into relationship with him. And it was, uh, it was a great time. And, and all of this, though, the, everything that goes on with God drawing us into relationship with himself, it all comes down to this one moment that we're going to talk about today called the event of the cross. Everything that Jesus did on the cross shows his love for us when he died on that cross for our sin for my sin for your sin it showed his great love for us and that even when we were sinners far away god said no i don't want that separation i'm going to die for you now and draw you back in your relationship with me and it all comes down to that moment you know for us you know, as far as of jesus it's it's not about what it means to be a christian is not doing a bunch of good christian things checking off a bunch of things on a list uh, that we feel like we have to do or fulfill uh, to be a good Christian. You know, it's not, you know, making sure we're going on enough missions trips, uh, you know, to Germany, as, as Ken is doing, or, or going to Myanmar or Kyrgyzstan, like we've talked about in, in, in previous weeks. Although, as the missions uh, person at Mountain View, I have to encourage you, yes, please go on a missions trip to Kyrgyzstan or Myanmar. Those are great opportunities to serve the Lord. Um, but it's not all rooted in that, and it's not all rooted in giving or uh, it's not all rooted in just checking off a, again a list to become a Christian. It's it all comes down to what Jesus did for us. And as we remember what Jesus does on the cross, remember His desire to be in relationship with us, and how that drove Him to the cross. As we're close with Him, as we're enjoying His presence, that leads us then to do awesome things in the kingdom, like go on a mission trip. But you're going out of relationship. With Jesus, that you enjoy. And that's what the passage is about. To As Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he's telling them to remember what I'm about to do. The Lord's Supper, often referred to as the Lord's Supper, it's communion. It's a time where he's telling his disciples, Remember what I'm about to do on the cross. He's about to go and give his life for the salvation of mankind, and he's calling them to remember. And, you know, for me, uh, this becomes challenging because I also, I, as, as a pastor, I have all these things I feel like I have to nail it perfectly. I have to nail a, a sermon or, a, or, a, or or an outreach or, or whatever that is to look good as a pastor. I have to, have to nail all these things, but I forget easily. I brush past so easily, and I forget that God's actually saying, hey, slow down. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be with you. I want to enjoy your presence. And that's the call that he has for us this morning as we look at communion. He's saying, Remember everything I've done to be in relationship with you, remember the cross, remember how I gave my life out of love for you, and in doing so, enjoy my presence, and I will lead you forward. So that's what, that's what we're going to look at today. The, the point of today is saying, as we remember Jesus, we find life and hope for the future. As we remember Jesus, we find life. So we're going to hop in this morning. We're going to hop right into to Luke 22, verses 7 to 23. Does that sound good? hop in. All right, let's do it. So I'll read it for us here from verse 7. It's going to come up on the screen as well. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, we'll come back to Passover in a minute, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins referring to the cross, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it, thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this to remember me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So as we're looking at this passage and everything that's going on, there's a lot going on, but we should start with the setting. The setting is called Passover, which I mentioned we'd come back to. Now it's that moment. It's the Passover celebration. And... Uh, for those of you who have heard about the Passover celebration before, it's real simple. Basically, it's a time that once a year that the people of Israel, often referred to as the people of God, would would celebrate and remember deliverance that God had given them from slavery hundreds and hundreds of years before this moment. So they, they were enslaved to the Egyptians, and God delivered them from that slavery with powerful miracles that could only be God. It only can be attributed to God. You may remember stories growing up in church of, of Moses and 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 just seeing these miracles happen. Well, that's that's what this event is referring to. The way that God delivered them from slavery. And after this event happened, um, God told them, "Okay, now you guys need to remember how I've delivered you. You need to remember how I have saved you from this moment of slavery." And That was what Passover was. And there's a lot of technical terms of of why it's called Passover, which we'll have time to really dive into um, this morning. But basically, it's about remembering how Jesus had delivered them and saved them. So what happened, though, was while the people of Israel remembered in ceremony, they forgot deep within their hearts. They remembered in the ceremony that, that God had delivered, but they had forgotten deep in their hearts What he had done. And now, in this moment, in this story, where where this is the setting, Jesus is sharing this meal with his disciples, sharing this moment, and he's about God is about to provide another powerful act of salvation and deliverance for his people. And he doesn't want his disciples to forget. He doesn't want his disciples to forget the way that the people of Israel had forgotten in their hearts. He wants them to remember. And he doesn't want that church for us to, he wants us as well to remember. Everything that happened, everything that he was about to do, the body offered, the blood shed on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, the deliverance that was given for us. Everything that happened on the cross, he's literally days before it's about to happen, and he's sharing this meal with his disciples saying, look what I'm about to do. I'm about to go to that cross and accomplish salvation. I don't want you to forget This is too powerful of a moment to forget. And church, he doesn't want us to forget either. He's calling us to remember. And that's what communion is about. It's a time of remembering. And then in verse 20, he's going on to speak about a new covenant that has arrived. Verse uh, 20, we can go back to the first slide of Luke, I believe. might be the second one. I'll just go ahead and read it for us, just in case. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So he's talking about a new covenant. Something new that is being established. And when he, so he's referring to the word new. And, and, and the reason he's referring to that new covenant is because there was a system that was in place long before the time of Jesus. That was a system of, of sacrifice. Of sacrificing an animal that would make people right with God. So what would happen is, you know, Pastor Ken talks about this each week, right? How there was God and man together. At the beginning. But when sin entered, there was then separation from God. God here, man here, sin separates. Things were not right between God and man. Well, this old system provided a sacrificial system, or a, sacrificial, a way to, try to sacrifice to be made right with God again. An animal could be provided as a sacrifice for sin because there was a debt that was owed to God when sin entered. There was a debt that could not be paid That's what happens when sin comes in. It distorts, it separates, and now there's a debt there where perfection once was, it's no more, and now that debt of perfection has to be paid, so it has to be paid with life. So there's this offering of of an animal, so animal sacrifice would be provided to to make right with God. That was the old system. But what Jesus is saying is, well, now it doesn't have to be that way. Anymore. Now I am that perfect sacrifice, because Jesus was saying that even that old system was still pointing to what Jesus is doing now, because the blood of animals was never enough to pay for sin. It was pointing as a symbol to what Jesus is about to do, this, the laying down of his life. So there was death as separation from God. That was the penalty. It had to be paid. And Jesus said, I will pay that penalty permanently. It's not the blood of an animal, an old sacrificial system that will do it. No, that's just a symbol of what's to come. And Jesus was saying, I am what's to come. I am that sacrifice for sin. With his life, he paid that penalty permanently. You tracking with me? Yeah? All right. Awesome. (laughs) So Jesus is saying this is the new covenant. And it's not for a specific time a specific people, a specific place, as it was in the Old Testament, in the Old System. He's saying now this is for everyone. This is for all of us. As he, has been, as he is that perfect sacrifice to be in relationship with God, it's open to everybody. Now we can all dwell with God within ourselves wherever we are, regardless of where we are on, where we are on this earth. We can always worship and come into the presence of the Lord. That's the new covenant that was given. And it's given by his life. So now we can come into God's presence, we can ask him for things, because there's no more sin that's separating us anymore, right? Because now that God has paid that, we can ask Jesus, we can ask him for things, we can ask him for help, we can ask him for guidance, he can be in our presence, we're in his presence, we're enjoying one another. There's access to God that was provided through the sacrifice of Jesus. I was thinking about ways to illustrate this, and one of the ways that I came up with, I was actually speaking with Pastor Ken before he left Germany about a way to illustrate this. You know, there's always uh, a way that you can tell someone who you're close with that they're approaching. Maybe they have a, a, a distinct walk, right? Maybe they have a voice that sounds familiar. Oh, they're close. That person's close. Maybe they have a laugh or something. Well, for our worship pastor, Pastor Tim, he's got a very distinct cough and sneeze if you've heard it you know if you haven't heard it don't worry it's just really loud and you know he's coming okay so whenever we're at the office at, at our church our church offices we know pastor tim is on his way because we can tell he's close he has a certain copy, we know he's close but we don't know if he's going to come into our office and talk with us we don't know if he's coming and then he's going to pass us by we don't know if he's going to sit inside have, have a conversation whatever it could be but we don't know but we know he's close we kind of have to guess where he is, right? We have to guess what his intentions are. But with God, that's not how it is anymore. We don't have to guess where God is. We don't have to guess if he's far or near. We don't have to try and pick up like, oh, is that, does that mean God's close right next? No, we don't have to guess anymore. Because of what Jesus did on the cross to pay for our sin, we can know that God is close. He's provided a way for us to be in relationship with him again and he's calling us to remember that act it was done on the cross god and man together man sinned sin separated but god paid the penalty of our sin through jesus and now we can be in his presence and he's saying remember this action that i the way that i accomplished this remember it it was done on the cross my body given as it said in luke my blood shed for you and that's what communion is about it's about remembering And he did this out of love. Like, he did all of this out of love for us. There's a verse in Romans 5, 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And later on in Romans 8, 38, and 39, it talks about how nothing can separate us from the love of God. It was God's love that drove him in human form. God was skin on Jesus to the cross. It was his love for us and his desire to be present and in relationship with us in every single moment it was his love he's so for us he's not against us he's not going to be maybe coming and approaching you know he wants to be with us he wants to be in relationship that's why he died for us and he's calling us to remember that act please i'm like pleading with you as, as as he's also pleading with me like please remember this act that jesus has done it's a powerful powerful moment and he calls us to remember and that's what communion is all about to remember what jesus has done and he shows us faithfulness on the cross as well. You know, uh, remembering Jesus, it can seem very, very like, like a basic message, but you know, I, I think the reason we hear it so much and the reason it's in the Bible is because we forget things all the time. I think we need uh, reminding. And I think Jesus knows that we need reminding. That's why it's in the Bible a lot. And uh, one thing that we forget all the time are these our keys. We forget these everywhere, all right? We leave these around and. We forget they're, they're there. But one thing that I've noticed that I haven't forgotten as much is my car key. And I, 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 for some reason, that is something I always remember where it is, because I, I think it's because, well, if I want to go home, I probably need to know where this is. <laughs> um, so one thing I have started to do is I have put it next to some of my things, which I have right over here. I have this bag, and in this bag is a computer laptop. It's a got my Bible in there, a check or whatever it needs to be, to be in there, and basically everything I need for another meeting or to go home. So when I, whenever I go to the office, and I leave this in my office, and I go to a meeting, I would, find, I would find that I would forget that there, and I would drive home, and when I get home, I'm like, all right, I'm off work, maybe watch Netflix, we'll see. Well, I can't do that because my laptop's at the office. I left my bag there, I left everything there. Or I'd go off to another meeting and discover that everything I need for that meeting is in my bag left at the office. So what I would do is I would take my car key off of my keys and place it right on my bag, go to whatever meeting or whatever thing I have going, so that there's no way I'm leaving that in my car or that in my office and going somewhere else. Because so There's no way I'm going to remember to come back for it. Um, something else that I, I've observed, uh, so for, for Ken, he kind of does the same thing. He'll take his car keys and place them next to an item that he does not want to forget. So one time, Pastor Tim and I were walking around the church office, and one of the craziest places that we have seen Pastor Ken leave his keys was in a refrigerator. We walked up to the fridge in our office, in in the kitchen at the church office, we opened the fridge, and we saw his keys attached to a chocolate cake. Because no matter what happens, if he's going home, he's remembering that chocolate cake. That is staying with him. (laughs) But the point is we need reminding and, and we do all these things to help us remember. And Jesus wants us to remember as well. He wants us to remember what he has done for us. And that's what communion is. And, you know, for me there was a moment where um, there's actually been many moments where I have forgotten. I've forgotten how much Jesus is for me, how much he's, um, how much he loves me and that he's given his life for me. There was, there was a moment where I was trying to make a, this was years ago. I was trying to make a really big decision. Uh, it was a ministry decision. I was potentially going to move uh, to Los Angeles to take a ministry position there. And again, it was years ago. And I was really wrestling with it. I was praying, God, this is the right choice for me. Is this the right move for me? Am I, I going to be the right fit in this position? Am I going to fulfill all of your plans for my life? Am I going to somehow mess it up? Because sometimes we just feel free, we freak out thinking we can somehow mess up God's plans uh, for our lives. Um, Specifically in decision making, so I I was, I was stressed out so much over this, and it got to a point where I was in this paralyzing fear where I couldn't move forward. It took about a month in this process, and it was it was it was crazy. But in that moment, I decided, okay, I need to reflect on the Lord and I come back into and to come back to Him and just focus in on what He, on who He is. And when I did that, there was. A courage that came. There was a peace and a calm that came. And within one day, I made the decision. I knew I needed to stay here. God was calling me to be here. And I'm so glad it worked out that way because now I can be here with you. We can, we can share. We can do ministry together. And it's, and it's amazing. But in that moment, looking back on it, I realized I had forgotten everything God had done for me in that moment. Because when we look at it in the grand scheme of things, we freak out over decisions over here. Is God going to give me wisdom? Is He going to take care of me? Is He going to be there for me if I if I if I step out? But then we forget over here. You know, actually, God's already given us everything. Like He's already given us His life. Like there was separation there. There was sin that separated us, and we were headed for 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 death. But He said, "No, I, I'm actually going to give you everything, so we can be in, our, in a relationship together." So we can enjoy being in his presence. He already gave us everything. So of course he's going to lead us. Of course he's going to walk with us no matter what we face. Because he's already given us Jesus. We already have been given everything. Of course he's going to give us everything else. So in that moment I had forgotten that. That's why I went into this paralyzing fear. Because I had forgotten that. Yeah, God has already given me everything. Of course he's going to lead me in, in what's next. It gives me a, it gives a joy and a hope for the future. Which leads in, when we remember, we find life. When we remember, we find hope for what's coming next. So in that moment, Jesus is there with his disciples. And he's describing what this meal is. And he's saying, remember everything I've done. Knowing what the disciples are about to face. And he calls us to remember too, knowing what we're about to face in this life. So in just a moment, we're we're actually going to take communion. I'm going to point to the elements here. We have the bread and the juice on both sides. There's nothing magical about the bread and the juice. It's just that it's a representation of Jesus' body given for us, his blood shared for us, and the love that it took for him to go to the cross for us. That's what that represents. That's what it's for. And as he's passing this around, the bread and 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 the wine, he's saying, take this meal now and remember everything I've done. We remember Jesus, and he's calling us to do that, even today. And we'll have a moment where we do that. He's given us all to be in relationship with us. You know, and as we take communion, there may not be an answer, like a 100% perfect answer, or like a, like a, like a seven-step plan to perfect parenting, or a, or a five-step plan to find your career passion or career life, or, or even specific knowledge about, hey, who, my future spouse, who's that going to be? Oh, right over there. Okay, got it. You know, there's, there's not going to be this... This, it's not what communion is about. Communion is about taking our circumstances that are difficult, that we find challenging, even the hurt and the heartache that comes, bringing them before Jesus and saying, Jesus, here is what I'm going through. Here is what I'm dealing with. And in the midst of this, I'm choosing to remember the cross. I'm choosing to remember all of the love it took to die for me and to say, I'm choosing to remember everything you've given to be with me, and when we do that, we find hope for a future, because if God has already given us everything, then he will lead us no matter what we face, he will walk with us no matter what we face, he's already given us Jesus, so I'm pleading with you, like, let's remember what Jesus has done together, that's what communion, that's what it's about, that's what it's about, And one of the other things that Jesus was referring to as well uh, when he was taking communion is he said something very specific. It was um, looking forward to the kingdom of God. I believe that was in verse uh, 15. I want to make sure I get that right. Yeah, we'll say verse 15. All right. Excuse me, 16. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So just as there's hope for what we're going through now and our situations in front of us because of what Jesus has done, there's also hope for an eternal future, for what is about to happen. So what Jesus is referring to here when he's talking about the kingdom of God is how he's going to return one day. So right now we're in this moment where we're living in this tension of what has already happened, what Jesus has done to die for us on the cross, but we're also looking forward to when he's going to return and set all things right and new and perfect again. There will be a day when he returns and draws all those who have put their faith and trust in him to himself, where all sin and shame and sorrow and sadness will be wiped away and there's just going to be perfection with him. And Jesus is saying, I'm looking forward to this day and I'm not going to eat of this meal again until that time comes when I set this right. But until we get here, church, until we get here, we take communion and remember what Jesus has done for us already. We remember all of what he went through for us. So I encourage us, take as we take communion, we're going to have that opportunity in a bit here, as you do that. Just bring everything you have before the Lord and just reflect and sit and remember everything He's done. And let that time of reflection and remembering the sacrifice He's given, the, His body given, His bloodshed, remember that. And let that remembrance and reflection on Jesus change you and transform your heart. And He'll lead you in what's going to come next. He'll lead you in And how to see reconciliation, how to see hope in your future, how how, how to see joy. And he'll lead you in in making him even more like, like him, to love more powerfully, to live on mission, as we talked about missions before, to give so generously, because Jesus has already given generously for us. But it all starts with remembering what he's done on the cross, remembering everything he's done out of love. Let's stand and pray.